welcome to the Mind Gym Podcast. Kat, welcome to the podcast. How are we doing? Good, thank you. Good, good. Good to be here. Good, good. That's good to know. So I guess usually what I tend to do before these um, podcasts is I ask you two simple questions. So one, I ask you to come up with a logline, what sums up who you are, what you're all about, Kat. So do you, do you have that? I do, yes. Okay, and what, what is it? Are you ready for it? Yes. Um, okay, so after her powers lay dormant for years, an opportunity to rekindle them was too good to miss. With her new superpowers on the rise, she seeks out ways to help others stand up to. Wow. Okay, I like that. Instantly, as soon as you've got superpowers in there, it's a nice, yeah. it's a nice geeky tip <laughs> That's what for I me. thought. Yeah, it's all good. Um, so we'll, we'll probably touch upon that in just a sec. Um, sure. When you was in, in fact, yeah, let's do it this way. When you was in school um, mm-hmm. and, you know, you had that, that conversation with your teacher and your teacher would ask you, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? What was, um, what, what would it be what you said to the teacher? So I remember having a conversation with a careers teacher and she said that, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, what can I do with these skills I've got? She's like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's out there in the world. What can I do with these things? Um, and that's the loop that we went around. So I never actually had an answer. Ah, okay. That's interesting. So <laughs> I think a lot of people struggle with this in school. I personally never knew what I wanted to do when I was in school. Um, well, the only thing I knew I wanted to do in school was get out of school, to be honest. Yeah. Um, okay, so you didn't know what you want to do. So before no. we even get into that, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick for me four numbers from one to a hundred. Okay. So go for it. Read them out to me. Any numbers you like. 27. Okay. Two. Yes. 54. 54. 89. 89. Ace. We will come back to these later on, Kat, along with kind of what you want to do when you grow up. Okay. So, um, Kat, I know you personally. I know you from the personal learning network, which we created. Um, and yeah, we, we spoke back and forth quite a bit, but for the listeners who don't know who you are, maybe give us a brief of who you are, what it is you do, and kind of what, who is Kat? Okay. Um, so I guess, let me start with who I am then. I, I had a conversation with someone recently about living an interesting life, and I think that, that is probably what I try to do. So I have lots of different hobbies from quite active exercise things to sitting at home knitting in front of Netflix. Um, Quite varied and I like to try different things out. So if someone asks me to do something different, quite often say yes. I think some of those hobbies also kind of link to what I do. So going back to kind of my superpowers, I guess, I talk about them as being creative and logical. So I think they're quite an unusual mix that I use in my day-to-day work. So kind of, I'm really good at planning things um, and then using my creativity to solve problems in an interesting way. And that's what I do in terms of team development programs and also kind of using some of those skills back from school of art where I create sketch graphics, which are like hand-drawn infographics. Okay. Okay, so does that answer your question? It it does. It does. And I've, I have got right in front of me um, sketch graphics, ask about these 
so since you brought it up, let's do that. So where yeah. where did this idea come from for these sketch graphics? In fact, let's talk to the people who who actually don't know what they are. So yeah, yep. go for it. So it all came from a conference I went to year before last. I went to the OD Network Europe conference. And they had one of those people doing that massive drawing on the wall that summarizes the whole event that's, you know, like meters and meters long and they're capturing it all in pictures. And I was just kind of awed by it. Um, and me and a friend there got talking to the guy who was doing it. And he said, actually, you know, you can do mini versions of them. So you can do just a summary of a talk and recommend a book um, to kind of get started. So I got the book. I read it within like really short space of time because it was just like a proper page turner and it was written in the style of words and pictures so it was really easy to get through um and then i just started practicing doing things at kind of staff briefings or meetings or just watching youtube videos and sketching them so it's essentially a way to turn rather than having like just a load of words on a page turn some of it into pictures um whether that's metaphors or just something that comes to mind of what that kind of phrase or what people are saying means to you, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of just practicing and sharing stuff online and stuff. And then um, my friend from the conference contacted me and said, would you do me one of these drawings for an event? So she had been running a change programme for five years. She wanted to celebrate the fact that it had been running for five years and what they'd achieved um, and would really wanted like a big visual to show it in a different way. So I thought, why not? It sounds interesting. Um, and that was the first one I did. So that involved kind of getting some information from her, but a lot of it was she was very busy. So she sent me spreadsheets of data and kind of feedback information um the kind of material they sent out for the program and i took out what i thought the key messages were and turned them into a visual for her um and it was kind of just a one-off um whilst i was in my previous job and then i kind of thought oh, maybe there's something in this so i offered it out on LinkedIn. I did a kind of giveaway, um, got people to apply essentially saying what they'd like one for, how they'd use it. And it became really clear that they were versatile. They could be used for so many different things in so many different ways. And that there was a real need for something different. Okay. And then it's just kind of spiraled from there into now an actual product that I offer. So the book recommendation, can you remember what the name of the book was? It was the Sketch Note Handbook. Okay. So, I mean, I think it, it's, it's really interesting that, you know, you mentioned that one of your superpowers is creativity and logic, and I can kind of see that in your in your um, sketch graphics. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, there is an element of you are creative and you are generally quite a good drawing and kind of you know defining what it what it is what needs to be on that paper so so in that school and stuff like that was was that kind of your big was that big to you yeah it was one of them so um 
art, maths and music were my three kind of big topic areas, I guess. Um, that's what I did at A-level as well. So which is quite a weird mix, but it does go back to my kind of creative and logic fix. Yeah, um, and then I ended up doing a degree um, in 3D design, which obviously involved some drawing as well, but very different to what I draw now. Yeah. The stuff I draw now is almost more reminiscent of kind of infant and junior school than it is of drawing a chair. I've, I've, so the, the ones which I've seen, um, and you, you've been savvy to kind of give me a little bit of a, a VIP tour of some of the <laughs> stuff that you've been working on. I, I think they're absolutely brilliant. Um, Thank you. And I think there's actually a, there's actually quite a lot to go to the simple fact of your message is really clear. And, you know, I know it sounds like everyone's all about progression, progression, and, you know, what, what's the next best thing? Well, actually, what you've done, you've kind of come backwards a bit, like you mentioned. And mm. I think one of the nicest things... With, with your um with your sketch graphics is it's the simplicity of it i think that's a yeah. real good it's something what you can look at and take from it re really quickly yeah what, what, um... it kind of to me it's going back to like you know when like young children get a picture book and it literally starts with just pictures and then they progress on to there's pictures and there's maybe a word and then they go on to like there's a more detailed picture and there's a few more words yeah it's kind of linking back to that childhood. Like it just made it easy. They could open a book, look at a picture and be like, yeah, I get what's going on. And I think we lose that as we get older. Yeah. Yeah. Massively. I think we, um, it's really tricky. I can talk about the school system all day long. Um, <laughs> but I think in school, you know, you've got these really cool, creative kids in there and, you know, they, they, they know how to express themselves in the most, creative in unique ways and what happens is for me anyway the school system slowly but surely drains that and puts them into a more rigid box more than anything um, mm. and I think as as we get older in adults you tend to see that more and more you know who you know I've had numerous conversations where throughout school they was really creative and now in adult life they don't see themselves as being a creative person I'm just it Hmm. It's a little bit. It's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah, shame is a good way to kind of rephrase that. So, these. So you do these um, sketch graphics, and I love that they're more simpler than kind of a infographic, and actually a lot more visually appealing. So, mm -hmm. what's and this is part of I guess your your business, which is imaginative. Is that right? Yes, it is. It is. So this is part of your business, and we're going to talk about that later on down the line. Mm -hmm. But. The, the, the um, sketch graphics, what you do, is that part of like, um, a, a, not a course, but like a resource, what you offer out to, to businesses or is it a case of this is part of a bigger package or how, how does that work? So at the moment, it's a almost like a service, I suppose. A cross between a service and a product, it's quite hard to define. Um, but I have kind of different package levels. So it could range from someone just gives me some bullet points and I turn it into a sketchy graphic, or it could go up to, like I was talking about before, in terms of you don't have time to think about it, give me a load of information and I pull out the key points. Um, but what I found the majority of people need is they have information and ideas in their head, 
and they need someone to like draw it out kind of I mean that's a slight play on words there which I didn't mean but I might use that um but they need someone to almost like coach that information out of their head that's been swimming around and then kind of condense it into something else mm. I think like that's been really useful for people I know what it's like when you've got stuff in your own head and you're kind of stuck and it's not going anywhere and you just need someone else to be kind of questioning. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's it's kind of going back into that, that circle which you mentioned what you had with your careers officer. Yeah. It's exactly that loop and breaking that loop. Um, good play of words. I'm glad I was here to witness that. <laughs> so hopefully I'll see that in the future. So, yeah, I must write that down actually. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll send you this, this over anyway. You can just yeah crop it out and write it down in when you've got a bit more time. So before we even get into where you are now with Imaginative, mm-hmm. take me right back. So um, in fact, why don't you tell us about the Six Summit hike? So for people who don't know, maybe walk us through that story and kind of what that's all about. Oh, cracking play on words there, Danny. So the Six, um, the Shropshire Six Summits is a 35 mile hike over the course of three days um when I was younger my parents used to take us walking slash hiking to me it feels like it was like every weekend but when I've quizzed them on that more recently they say it was only once a month or once every few months as a child it just feels like all the bloody time um but it's obviously given me like a a love of walking and being outside so I was one of, you know, back in the day, uh, I was in brownies, I moved on to guides, guides was just not for me, it was all plaiting hair and kind of making pancakes on the top of tin cans, okay. um, so I left there and uh, I was really lucky in that we had a mixed scout troop, it was one of the first in the country, to give you a little glimpse into my age I guess, um, and we took part in the Shropshire Six Summits, which was a scout organised walk, as I say, over the course of three days. Um, and we had a team of four. We had one boy and we had three girls. And we were the first girls ever to do that as part of the scouts. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was really funny because it was, I think, because we were a mixed scout troop and that was really unusual. Uh, a lot of the other, everyone else there was you know, male, and they were like, "Who? What? What's, what are the girls doing here? This is weird." <laughs> it it was just really amusing. <laughs> it, it's it's bizarre that you still. I think it's good that the scouts were kind of um, future focused in that in that respect, and it was you know anyone can be part of scouts. It's not stuck yeah. to one gender, and I think it's bizarre that the scouts can't done that really quick. Yet we still we still see. That sort of behaviour in the corporate life at the moment, and it's big. It's all over the news and stuff, you know, yeah. gender pay and all that stuff. So you joined the scouts, um, and yeah, you stopped plotting there and kind of did it start doing these hikes and stuff like that. Yeah. But I guess the reason why I'm doing these podcasts is just to find out a little bit more about the person behind. And I use the term learning really loosely because I know people. I I don't really assign to that label as kind of never have as learning expert so but I guess before we even get there tell me something quirky about you tell me tell me something what is personal to you maybe it's something what you do outside maybe some activity I don't know tell me something a little bit quirky about you what people probably don't know 
Um, so the thing, interesting fact I usually use is that I go to handstand lessons. All right. Okay. Okay. And bit, wh- why? Bit different. Why? Yeah. Um, I guess so. I kind of talked about the fact that I I lo- quite like exercise, which and you know I never thought I'd say that to be honest. It's been a fairly recent kind of last three years that I've actually started to quite enjoy it but I think it's because I found exercise that I've enjoyed so things like handstands actually it is fun and it it links back to this whole theme that fits around me I think of like going back to being a kid and having fun and enjoying yourself and I think that handstands for me just kind of brings that enjoyment back and having a bit of a laugh and getting together with people and doing something different yeah no definitely and i think you miss out one of the massive things and maybe because you just kind of don't want to stroke your, your ego here look at but it's <laughs> absolutely solid it's not like it's an easy walk in a park handstand especially you know when you're in school and you see these kids who are doing handstands like it's you know the next easiest thing in the world on yeah. my days handstands as an adult absolute nightmare yeah and it's it's not like you say it's not like in a school playground where you kick your legs up and then they kick back down again, it's lifting the, the ultimate goal is to be able to lift up and hold a handstand as if I'm standing on my feet, I guess. Okay. I don't know how still I can stand, actually. I might have to try that with my hands in the air and see, like, actually, how easy is it on your feet? But transfer <laughs> that onto your hands and kind of, yeah. It's a good shout. Okay, so handstand classes? Yeah. So... I guess, how, how long have you been doing um, these handstand classes for? Probably about two and a half years. All right, okay. Okay, it, on and off kind of deal, or has it been very, you know? So so it was monthly to start with. Um, then I had a stress fracture in my foot last year, so wasn't able to exercise for the most, kind of most of last year, so I had to have a break, and then have recently gone back to it as well. Oh, wow. So stress, stress, uh, stress factor in the foot? Yeah. What? How how does this happen? Is this is this just been kind of something that's been happening over time, or is it was it was it a unique thing what you could see where it potentially started? How how did how did you get that? I think um, so. Stress fractures are usually caused by repetitive exercise. Okay. So I think just a mixture of the types of activities I was doing kind of built up to a point where actually my foot was hurting, and it was a really weird thing in that it's not like a another injury where you're like oh my god this hurts so much I can't do anything I'd be fine and I could walk around and then I'd do something or hold my foot funny I'd be like that really hurts this isn't okay um and that made it really hard I think that's you know people talk about the whole thing between kind of physical health and mental health and that physical health there's something there you can see what's wrong you can fix it mental health it's hard to see I think a stress factor is almost like you can't really see it or feel it, and it's really hard to explain, and it's really hard to fix. Yeah, that's actually quite. So, that's actually yeah, really insightful. Actually, yeah, I guess it's not like a broken arm, like you say, where you've got a cast on. You know, in six weeks, that's cast going to be off, and everything's going to be mended. Mm. Oh, it's kind of like a yeah, it's solid but surely, I guess, with that one. Yeah, and it's it's taken it's eleven months ago when I think I first recognized there was something not okay with my foot and I think I've only just got to a point where it feels like it might almost be better 
This is good news, touch wood. It is great news because I can start exercising properly again. This is good. This is good. So, with so we know where um, Imagine is right now. Imagine if um, is right now. Mm-hmm. How how did you get here? So I had a look over LinkedIn and stuff like that, trying to track, you know, your progress or your career. But yeah, if yeah. you could just maybe walk us through. Through that, through that, if you could, that'd be ace. Yeah, sure. It's uh, an interesting one, I think. Um, it, it goes back to what we were saying about, like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, so at uni, I got a part-time job or a full-time job kind of during one of the holidays, um, buying and selling forklift truck parts. So that is kind of, I'd had lots of jobs before that in all sorts of different things. You know, you kind of, worked in blockbuster video may they rest in peace um and a deli uh babysitting stuff like that but my first proper job i guess after uni was buying and selling forklift truck parts um which is just completely random um but it was really good it's a small team i learned a lot i learned how to negotiate how to sell stuff i kind of worked a bit on their it system as well in terms of They were keeping everything on spreadsheets and I was like, surely there is a better way. Surely the system can do this. Um, When I left there, I worked in a council for a bit. I worked on a children's play scheme. I then worked at a company, um, DEFRA, kind of working on farmers payment scheme. Again, like... These all just sound completely random, but it was me working my way through, trying things. Because I didn't know where I wanted to get to, I'd had to try things to rule them out along the way, I guess. Um, I worked in a debt counselling agency. I then worked in a IT company that supported the police. Um, and that was kind of, I would say, a project support officer role. So again, that really suited me in that whole, it was really planned and logical side of things. And there was a bit of room for creativity in terms of how we can do things better. So I'm really keen on improving processes as well. Uh, After that, I ended up relocating to Leicester and got a temporary job. And it was going to be temporary working in the chief executive's office of an NHS organisation. So I was the chief executive's assistant's assistant. Imagine how amazing that was not. (laughs) Uh, And then kind of moved on to being, I got asked to be an executive assistant for a director who was, um, who needed managing. So it was kind of managing upwards and they recognised that I was, Like I said, I have that kind of logical and planned and organised. I can keep someone on track. Um, So I went and did that. Again, I was kind of saying, oh, this will just be temporary. I'm not sticking around. Turned into a permanent job. Um, And then I moved with that that director to set up a new company within the NHS. And I was the corporate business manager there. So essentially, there was me and two directors so my role there was do everything that the directors don't do, which, as you can imagine, is quite a lot. Uh, so I was kind of doing HR, IT, 
um, OD that I didn't even know it was OD at the time, um, organisational development that is for not overdosing, um, project management, so like a massive skill set that kind of was there for four years and then that organisation merged into another NHS organisation where I was really lucky and offered the choice of where my role went because it didn't really exist. It was kind of like, where would you like to go? So I chose to go into the service redesign team because I was really keen on that kind of re-engineering processes to make them work better. I got into that team and the manager said, I've got someone to do that, but I've got, not got anyone to do organisational development. Will you just do that for a bit? And I was like, oh, all right then. Um, and then having done that for a while, I was like, oh, this is where I was supposed to be all along. So <clears throat> I guess to me, I, I wrote a blog actually about maybe a, a year into my OD role, looking back at my jobs and how actually whilst I didn't know where I was headed, I've taken things from all of those roles that have got me where I am and that actually contribute to that role I had in OD. Um, I was there for four years and then left at the end of August last year. And that is where Imaginist's journey started. Okay. Okay. So I, I completely agree that it, when you look back on, say, your career, and even though these little jobs where you, you kind of don't think they're not, they're, you know, when you say they're not for you, there's always, there's a, from when I can remember back in my day at Forensics, there was this thing where when contact A comes into contact B, they exchange information. So A, when a car hits another car, a bit of paint goes onto that car, a bit of paint goes onto this car. And I, I, I like mm -hmm. that take on as a career. You know, I've done some really bad jobs in the past and I've learned something from them always. And even though in the moment, I don't really know how this is shaping what I'm doing. I think you, you just have to take a leap of faith and just assume that where you're going is the right place to go. And yep. and for you, it definitely <clears throat> sounds like it is. Just listening, I'm, and when I was looking over um, your LinkedIn, you know, in a non-starkle kind of way, <laughs> um, I seen elements of creativity throughout. So one of the things which I seen in there was a, a twit twib. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, it is, yeah. And I seen I seen creative flair there, and obviously I know about your um, your sketch graphics and stuff. So was, even just me looking at it and not knowing your life, I could see the creative bits here and there, kind of you know trying to trying to sneak out. Um, mm. And then imagine if come about. So <clears throat> so what what made you take that big leap of faith? Because it is a big leap of faith, and it's scary, and you know. I hear people say it's it's real it's the scariest thing you do, but it's the best thing you'll do. So what yep. what was it was there a pinnacle moment? What made you go, I'm gonna do it now, this is it? Um so I guess I'd reached a point where I just realised I needed to work in a different company. So I I knew that OD was where I wanted to be, or learning and development elements of it. Um but I'd only done it in one organisation in the NHS. And that is an interesting organisation to work in, okay. uh, which is one way to describe it, I guess. Um, and I just kind of thought, I need to do this somewhere else and experience it somewhere else and be able to do things differently. Um, so I actually started job hunting 
and I got offered a job. And on the surface, it sounded like the like fine, but my gut said not to take it. And I listened to my gut and didn't take it. And then actually, I think I was lucky um, in some ways in that the chance for voluntary redundancy came up. So I thought, this is my chance um, if I want to. And I think by that point as well, I'd realised that maybe, you know, having been offered that job, I think I realised just doing it in one organisation wasn't going to give me the variety I needed. And I actually wanted to work across lots of different places. So that's where the idea of maybe working for myself came up. When that teamed with voluntary redundancy and actually being able to have a slight comfort blanket because I know these things don't just, you know, businesses don't just magic up overnight, do they? Um, I kind of thought, let's do this. So I did. Okay. And then the rest is history, I guess. So Yeah, very short history. <laughs> <laughs> so the next bit, which I'm going to step up now, I'll probably just change gears a little bit, is um, there's going to be some random quick fire questions. Um, okay. I say quick fire questions, but I really use that term really lightly because... I guarantee you these will not be quick fire round questions. <clears throat> so yeah, don't don't rush them. And if there's anything you want to elaborate and build on, go for it. So I think book of choice. So I know for a fact you're you're quite a keen reader. Um yeah. in the group and stuff, you're sharing books and what you've been reading recently. But if I was asked you to to kind of recommend a book to three people, three of well, let's just say yeah, two close family members and a, a really close friend what's one book yep. you would recommend to them Ooh. depends what stage of their life and what they've got going on in their heads at the moment okay uh, well let's flip the question on its head yeah what's the one book which has changed or highly impacted your life and it had again because it obviously depends on what where you are in your life. But what's, mm-hmm. a, what's a one book what jumps out to you? So there's one book, the book, there's a book that changed my life, but it's not a book I'd recommend to people. Um, and I will tell you why. So the book that changed my life was Lord of the Rings, okay. the trilogy. And it changed my life because it started me reading again. So I hadn't read for years before that. And then I read that and I was like, actually, I can't put books down now. So for me, that's the book that changed my life. But it, the book that I would recommend to people, I think, is really interesting. Okay. Oh, it's just, it's hard to say one book. Like I say, it's, it's completely in context. And I've recommended lots of different books to lots of different people for different reasons. Okay. So... I'm not one to let you get out of this one, Kat, unfortunately. That's what's, fine. You keep drilling me. <laughs> what's the one book you would recommend for someone who's trying to release it in a creative? Or Yeah, let's go with that one. Um, it can't be the sketchbook, what you mentioned. Okay, no. <laughs> um, so some my friend bought me a book for my birthday a couple of years ago called The Crossroads of Should and Must. Okay. And actually... That was a great book in terms of thinking about your purpose in a way that 
it was created like it was almost the book is almost like a, a scrapbook so it's got loads of different text and textures on the you know not to feel but that you can see um also thought provoking and it talks about that actually sometimes your purpose isn't what your job is it's something you do outside of your job and i think that makes it slightly more manageable rather than people feeling like they're striving for a purpose that they'll never achieve okay so i think that is a good a good book which i'm going to go and reread actually <laughs> i love it i love it so next question yep what is your most important or most impactful positive negative so what's one thing in your life which you deemed as a negative in the moment but actually has ended up being the biggest positive and the biggest impact you could have biggest impact on me yeah um so i think that was probably the end of my last relationship um in that we had been together for 10 years and i think you change a lot over 10 years um and actually it wasn't until that finished that i then actually became who i am now so it allowed me to explore and like i say i like you know i'll say yes to anything now whereas in the past i would have said no so i think that's the thing that's had the biggest impact and also probably made me braver so i've been on holiday on my own which people always say is brave i don't really see it as brave um but maybe it's also given me the bravery to leave a permanent job and set up a company from scratch as well yeah definitely i think just listening to these conversations, what we've had so far, bravery is one of the things which I'd put to you right now. Setting up your own business, um, leaving, leaving, leaving your old business. You know, when redundancy happened and stuff like that, and not taking that job when, and listening to your gut. I think mm-hmm. actually, get you scream bravery quite a lot. Um, but there's a quote which I, I, it's one of my nearest and dearest quotes, and I think you you pulled it out the word change. Then, you know, without change, we would never have butterflies, and I think. Actually, that's a really, it's a really, yeah, really interesting thing. You know, you do change over time and your mindset changes on different things and different parts of your life. And yeah, it's, it's good. Bravery is a good thing. Definitely. Yeah, so, I agree. Here's another question for you. Two hours. You can only do two hours of your whole working life. Okay. And you'd have to repeat these two hours over and over and over again. What would be the two hours you of your working life you would do? Um, they would be the two hours of an insights discovery workshop that I ran with a team that I thought would be hard work, but actually really bought into it. People who never speak spoke and people gave feedback as they left that it was the best training they'd ever done and they hadn't expected it to be. So I would absolutely be happy to repeat that over and over. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. So when you when you ran that workshop, was that with um, Imaginative? Is that literally one of the for your business? Yeah, or was that kind of? No, that was in my previous role. Okay. So it was, and it was working with people. I would say I knew. I knew them in part, um, but I guess it also gave me a glimpse into what they were really like as well. It was just really 
it was really interesting that my perceptions of how the session would run were changed as well so it challenged it challenged my own thinking i guess okay so throughout throughout your career i mean you know i use these terms quite lightly spot you know coaching and mentoring but have you have you ever had kind of a, a real good mentoring or a coaching relationship with someone throughout your career is anyone anyone who's kind of jumped out um i did have some coaching um with a lady and literally i met her on a workshop at an nhs event um we were doing like a co-coaching exercise um and came out the other side of it and she said i think I think you could benefit from some coaching um, and I'm currently doing a course in it and I need people to coach. Would you be interested? So I was like, yeah, definitely. And she really helped me. And actually it was, we were distance apart. So we did telephone coaching, which again, like as you'll know, is it's different because you can't pick up on people's cues, but it was good in that it let me, I didn't have to hide my facial expressions for one thing. Um, but she was really good in helping me work through a really tough time at work. Okay. Okay. And I guess that relationship, is there anything what you uh-huh. picked up from that relationship and you kind of took moving forward? I think it's hard to pinpoint, but I must have done subconsciously because yesterday I was talking to someone who said um, that I should be a coach, which is not something I never thought of doing, mm. but it must be that something has obviously stuck that's led me to be able to ask good questions, which I guess links to what we were talking about earlier about kind of those sketchographics when I talk to people and ask them questions to draw information out. So I think that's probably how it's manifested. Okay, superb. So this, some of these questions are quite, um, how can I put this, deep. And you can okay. take them to whatever you want to, take them wherever you want to take them. But what is, what's, what's happiness to Kat? Um, I think it's a combination of contentment and excitement okay okay excitement so i mean going walking up upside down on your head that's excitement right <laughs> that's craziness um yeah <laughs> so can so contentment is that contentment in where you are with you with the business and kind of knowing getting your your path and understanding your path moving forward is that is that kind of where we're going with that i think it's a a whole combination of things so i think it's in some ways a calm calmness of mind so i need to almost have a plan and know it's moving along i need to be um feeling calm about it so that i'm not panicked or stressed and actually can have that work-life balance as well so actually i can just sit and relax and feel that things are are okay and then there's that element of kind of spending time with friends and family i guess makes me feel content okay that's good 
So, again, getting to know a little bit more about who Cat is and what Cat's all about. What's the one unusual thing you do? So, like, for instance... Outside of handstands. Yeah, outside of handstands. <laughs> so, for instance, like, it could be the weirdest, quirkiest thing. So, I was having a conversation with someone just yesterday, and they were saying how they talk to the sat-nav when driving. I'm like... Okay, right. That's that's fine. That's fine. One of them was... um, One of them mentioned that they have this thing about locking the back door. So, he'll lock it, like, three or four times when he's doing, I don't know, getting ready to leave the house. And he gets to a point now where he's asked to shout, I've locked the back door. So... <laughs> So what's what do you have any unusual random habits or or traits? Uh, probably do. The one that springs to mind when you started rolling those off is um I've got some hair straighteners that when they heat up they make a beep noise that goes something like da da okay. and every time I hear it it sounds to me like the first two line two notes to the Grange Hill like end theme tune so whenever <laughs> it goes da da I go da da that is absolutely sure genius um, <laughs> I know them I know them hair straighteners and now means, from now on I'm not going to be able to not hear that <laughs> excellent I'm glad <laughs> so we're in an environment where you know if you look out on LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and we all have these personal brands and these personal personas and one of the things was, how do how do people, you know, I'm I'm big on being able to just be you. You know, mm-hmm. when I talk, I'm, I can switch on my corporate head and have to present properly. But actually, I like being me. I like being a little bit laser when I speak. And I kind of like, I like just being authentic. And what you see is what you get. But how does, how do, how do you stay authentic? I think. Sometimes it takes a bit of checking. So, because I agree, I think there's something about truth and honesty. Um, Like, they're really important to me. So that kind of being authentic links with that. But having worked in a corporate environment for so long, it's so easy just to get pulled into, especially when you're writing, I think, on social media, it's really easy just to get into kind of just corporate speak. And I guess I just have to check myself and read things and think, actually, how's that coming across? Is that coming across as me or is that coming across as me in my old job when I was writing something professional? Okay. So I guess and professional is not the right word to use, I guess. Um, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's that it's are you writing a, a line for a report or are you writing a line of interest? Okay. So, throughout, I'm, I'm assuming you'll have had this throughout time, throughout your career, where stress has kicked in, or maybe you've lost focus a little bit, and you know there's been too much data overload and stuff like that. I know I feel that quite a bit every now and again. What is there any techniques or anything you do to kind of bring you back in to the room, or like when you have lost focus, or it's just got a bit too much? Is there any techniques you do to rebalance yourself, maybe? Yes, this happened to me last week, actually. Okay. Um, if anyone saw my post on LinkedIn last week, which was about how I basically procrastinated for six six hours. Um, I was looking for anything that didn't mean I had to actually do something. And that was because I had data overload going on in my head. Um, 
So when I get to that point, and I reckon I can recognise it from the past as well, I actually I have to basically do a data download. So I have to get everything out of my head onto whether it's a to-do list or a to-do app or a I've done a brainstorm before, like or post-it notes. I just have to get it all out so it's captured somewhere other than my head. And um, part of my procrastination last week, um, I was watching a talk by David Allen, who is the author of Getting Things Done, which I guess could be a book recommendation if we go back to the earlier question. Um, and he said something that has really stuck with me, which was, our head is for having ideas, not for holding them. I was like, ah, oh, that's why I'm stuck. It's too much in there. So I just have to get it all out and organized and then I can feel like I'm on top of it again. Okay. Slight control freak nature coming out, I guess. No, I, I don't I don't think I think we're we're in an environment now where everything's always changing and I like I like chaotic sometimes because I think some things can really come from chaotic environments and, and mentalness and you know you hear about it a lot oh we're working in an agile way no you're just working <laughs> mentally it's literally you're not doing anything what's agile but i'm a, I'm pretty similar to you in that respect so i have a giant whiteboard in mm -hmm. in my room in my house which is craziness and i remember the last time i had something similar to you where i had all these thoughts in my head and it was designing it was designing a mentoring program and it was a kind of understanding how a user engages and the touch points between the mentor, the the environment and stuff. And it, and it was just going round and round in my head. And it, it was at half past two in the morning that I had to get up and map out this this how this this thing was going to work and how what what would happen and the touch points and you know how how people would engage with it. And it's only once I mapped it out that I could actually find myself going back to sleep. Mm. And it, it's it almost is, like a release. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's exactly that. It was it was a case of I was tossing turns like right, okay. I use Google Keep quite a bit as notes, mm -hmm. so I think right, whatever's on my mind, I'll I'll note it down, and then I'll come back to it tomorrow. Um, but for one reason or another, I just could not shake this idea and this thought and how it was going to work. So yeah, that's kind of my whole dull whiteboard story. Um, <laughs> I'd love a whiteboard on my wall. It's future goal. <laughs> Do it. It's the best thing ever. Um, and I, I kind of use it now for goals for the year as well. So there'll be a section yeah. of it which I won't ever rub out. And it'll be my goals for the year or things I want to look into or what I want to do. And even when when I've done them, I won't ever rub them out. I just put a line through them so that at the end mm -hmm. of the year I can still reflect on the things what I've done. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think kind of over the past six months as well, I guess I've recognised that we're always striving to do something. And once we've done it, we basically just move on. We don't take a lot of time to think, I did that. So actually having it still on your whiteboard with a line through, you can see it's something you've achieved as opposed to wiped it off. And it's like, like it never happened. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Isn't it? You know, you hear about these things at New Year, New Me and stuff like that. But I just think we don't need, really need to wait for a new year to kind of reset everything. We can we can do that now. But actually, really yeah. take stock of stuff what you've done already mm -hmm. to understand that you know because if you don't and you look back in three months' time and everything's been rubbed off, it's hard to reflect on what you have achieved. It really is hard. Yeah. Where I think 
my whiteboard's been quite quite good for that, to be honest. Yeah, I've started a sheet on my wall, which is a kind of in the middle. It's what I've achieved, and actually, as I achieved things that have either been on my goals or other things that have come up, I start adding them so that I can see that grow and can kind of spend time looking at that. Okay. But without having to have it on my whiteboard, it yeah. doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, whiteboard, Amazon, it's the future. It cost me like £10. <laughs> it's the best thing in the world. What's... Okay, random question, just to get you thinking. So if Mickey is a mouse and Donald is a duck, what's Goofy? He's a dog. Is he? Because Pluto's a dog, right? And Pluto's definitely a, a dog. I can't, I can't think what Goofy looks like. Okay. So he drives a car and he wears a hat. So I'll leave that one with you. I'll let that one just bake into your mind. Maybe Google it later on. once we. I was just thinking, yeah, I might have to look him up. <laughs> <laughs> so we know, we know um, Cat kind of, Cat from where, where you've come from to where you are now. So... Mm-hmm. What does the future cat look like? So in, in 10 years' time, what does the future look like for you? So I want my work-life balance to be uh, mainly life, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> which I'm sure is what everyone wants. But I want to have a business that kind of generates income without me have, being reliant on me, I guess, so that I can spend more of my time doing the things that I love to do. Okay. Hopefully some of it in foreign countries where the sun shines. Yeah. Or the snow is deep. Yes, snow is deep. Is either, ex- either extreme. <laughs> <laughs> so when, you know, we, we talked about in 10 years' time, this is kind of where, where you want to go. Yeah. What's, what's that? I guess if it was an 80-year-old you who you could tap into right now, okay, what's the one bit of advice they would be giving you what you're still struggling to take right now? You can do anything you set your mind to. Okay. Okay. That's, that's good advice. It's good advice. Yes, I might have to take it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the environment which we, we all work in and, I guess who who's the who's the three people who you maybe it's maybe it's up and comers maybe it's people who who are already settled and kind of you know already carved out a path but who's the three people who you look up to? Um, or you look too far inside maybe. Depends what kind of insight I need at the time. So I don't know if I can specify people. I have I have groups of people, I would say. Um, so I have a group of kind of other people who are in a similar position to me, building their own businesses or growing them. So I have a kind of a advice slash mentor slash tester group, I guess. Um, I have friends for those times when it's really hard and you just need to vent or kind of cry on someone's shoulder. And 
then I have my family who I go to as a kind of different element, some of which is for advice or help or creativity, and some of which is just to belong to something. Okay. So how how do you switch off? So I know we talked about, you know, when you lose focus, you kind mm-hmm. of, what you do is you do like a bit of this data download. But, you know, we're in an environment where it's constant data, you're constantly getting pushed, there's, there's notifications on your phone, there's this, there's that, there's calls, there's texts, there's whatever. How how do you how do you switch off from it all? Is it a technique or is it something you do to kind of just completely switch off? So there's probably two things. One is I watch Netflix. Um, So I think having your own business, you have thoughts jumbling around your head all the time. So I have to do something that completely absorbs me. So I will get absorbed in a box set series. Um, And I have to put my phone in a different room so that I don't get distracted by it. Okay. Um, and then the other thing I do is I read um, a part of a fiction book every night when I go to bed. And I think that that, again, it absorbs my mind into whatever's going on in that book and turns everything else off. And then I just fall asleep okay. with a kind of clear head. This is good. This is good. So Netflix. Yeah. Let's get into the details here. What's the most recent box set you've watched? Um, Van Helsing season two. Okay. Okay. So never watched that one. That's definitely going to be uh, going down <laughs> on my list. So yeah, I'm a I'm a big Netflix lover. Again, I use it to be able to just completely switch off. It's like it's like when you go to the movies, right? And you watch yeah. a really that film you don't just watch it because oh my god i need to know this gripping storyline sometimes you use it just for that just distraction yeah almost yeah absolutely so let's let's take it up again so let's change again again so you can have a big billboard sign Mm -hmm. okay and on this billboard sign you can have any single message you want okay what yeah what would that message be in order to have a, maybe it's people who have come from um, one of your training courses. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's something you can put outside the stadium, a football stadium, and people will see this. And the idea is, is that this will have a butterfly effect to people moving forward. What would be your one quote, or what would what would you have on there? Maybe it's not a quote. Maybe it's something. What would you just put on there from you? What would it say? Imagine it. Try it learn from it oh i like that that's good that's probably one of the best ones to be honest it's <laughs> actually a really good one so um, that that's what that, weirdly the quickest like answer to come up with of all your questions <laughs> so i remember when i was um when i was kind of putting these questions together it was a case of i don't want easy questions i want ones where there's going to be that awkward silence where they've got to think about it and then i'm kind of not going to give you an easy way out um, yeah, and it's it's really good because I think it helps you think about it. And a couple of messages what I've had after the, we've done podcasts like this is, oh my days, it was it was actually 
it's good to say certain stuff out loud. But I'm, I'm, I kind of like the idea that that's just come straight to you from nowhere. Like, you know. Yeah, you me know. too. And I'm already thinking of drawing that on, as kind of like a billboard drawing with that written on it and sticking it on the wall opposite my desk. Do it. Do it. Then take a picture. Send you of a it. picture. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, what's. And we've kind of touched on this, but what's what's something what you're learning right now? And maybe it's in your personal life, your professional life. What's something what you've learned quite recently? And how did you learn it? Um, so I think I am... Oh, hard question. It's always hard to pick one thing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I think professionally... I'm currently learning how to update my website. Okay. So the kind of technical side of that. Um, I have recently relearned the getting things done, like methodology that I touched on earlier, which was really nice as a kind of refresher. And then outside of work, I'm probably learning to kind of different exercise type things that maybe I haven't tried before. Okay. Last two questions and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap up. So what are mm-hmm. the three resources you use right now, um, excluding Google and YouTube and LinkedIn? So maybe, maybe it's a resource of a new app and maybe it's a new app for, I don't know, your, your personal life, your professional life, or maybe yep. it's a new tool, a new piece of software, what you've learned. What What's the three biggie ones that you've been using quite recently? Did you say free or three? Yeah. See, this is my bad. This is my laziness. <laughs> so it's it's free. Yes. It's it's the number. Okay. Um. So I recently purchased Todoist. That was part of my whole procrastination last week, my relearning of getting things done. I bought Todoist, um, which is basically a place that I am now capturing everything. So if a thought comes into my head of anything I might possibly ever need to do, it goes in there so that I keep my head clear for ideas. Um, I think a big resource I use are people. That almost sounds um, really bad, but it's, it's... kind of goes back to your personal learning network and the links you make with other people that actually when you need help or advice or has anyone ever there's people to ask and third resource is probably netflix (laughs) okay it's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> Which is basically YouTube, isn't it? Yeah, but it's cool. It's similar thing. You, you bent the rules. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, where can where can people find out a little bit more about Cat as a person, but imaginative as well? Where can people find out a little bit more about this and about you? So, me as a person, um, probably LinkedIn is the best place. Um, I'm also on Twitter as Cat Haste. But then imagine if I have um, Instagram, which to me is 
probably where you'll find out the more creative side kind of I find Instagram a bit is a bit more fun so I would say that's a great place to get to know me um, I have Facebook and I have Twitter for that and a YouTube channel coming soon as well which will probably be a good thing mm. um, and um, imagine if's website is due to launch in about a week's time okay okay so what I'll do is I will put all the links in the show notes to kind of you know where they can reach you and where they can get a hold of you and Imaginive's um, website as well. So, two more questions and we are done, Kat. Okay. So, question one. I asked you right at the beginning, what is it you want it to be when you grow up, when you was in school? Now, obviously, yep. we, we continue to grow. That that whole fake thing of that's it, once you once you leave school, that's it, you're done growing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we never really do truly grow up to a point where it stops. So, if I was to ask you this question now, what do you want to be when you grow older, Kat? What, what would you say? happy okay okay happy i like that um i asked you right at the beginning a couple of um things pick some numbers and you pick 27 to 54 and 89 here's the thing yeah these numbers they tally up to some random items worth of a list what i put together so your numbers were what well the items which you've got are bubble bath some nail clippers a zip and a lace now here's the thing, you're on a desert island and you find these four items. What do you do with them? I, so bubble bath, nail clippers, a zip and some lace. Yeah. I would make myself a bikini out of the lace. Okay. I would put the bubble bath into the sea so that it can float off and people may see it and think where's that come from and come and investigate and rescue me okay i would use the nail clippers to cut food and wood to survive and i would use the zip as a distraction technique when i'm sitting on the beach so that i have something to fiddle with like a fidget spinner okay perfect i love it well cat we're done um literally one of the quickest hours I've had so far so I guess yeah thank you for taking the time out um yeah I really appreciate it thank fun. you it's really interesting and um I like your thought-provoking questions cheers Kat thanks for that <laughs> thanks okay. thanks bye-bye bye, bye. bye.